Romance is brought to you by Snow Angel by me. I'm going to read you guys the bio real quick. It is a funny, suspenseful Christmas book that I did get the pleasure to read. It is full of lots of laughs and love, and it's adorably cute. So here we go. My house may be small, but its Christmas lights are the best on the street. Perfectly coordinated each year, my holiday display can't be beat. I reigned supreme. At least I did until he moved in across the street. Brendan, who does he think he is? Just because he's handsome and makes my parts tingly doesn't mean I'll let him beat me. This Christmas he's going down. Adrian waits for the clock to tick over on December 1. She's poised over, over there ready to spring into action with her curvy body, Christmas spirit. She goes all out for the holiday this Christmas. Christmas, I intend to go all out for her. So if you're looking for a little Christmas book that's got some laughs, it's even got an audio, I believe it is in Kindle Unlimited, you should definitely check this one out. I highly recommend it. Hi, lady listeners. Hey. Hey. Welcome. It's Friday. Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. (laughs) We're here for Abby Knox week. We're going to play the second installment of Dr. Dave. Um, we're super excited and we want to talk more about Abby. So Leah knows Abby like in real, real life. In real, real life. Yeah. In yeah. Real, real life, not just internet life. So did you, how did you guys meet? So I met her in 2016, like the, a couple weeks after the election. So, so we had moved to, to this town, like we relocated here from a husband's shop and then the election happened shortly after we moved here. And I felt really alone and isolated. I'm in a really conservative part of North Carolina. And I just thought like, okay, I need to reach out to people around me and see if, you know, there's other, you know, women especially, because I didn't have any friends here or anything. And I just felt like I want to see if there's other women around me that, you know, I can talk to that I feel that I feel like identify with some of my political views and, you know, with some of my social issues and stuff. Like, I just want to not feel so alone and like, um, like I'm surrounded by people who don't like me. I actually, I went online, I went on Facebook and, uh, I looked up like, uh, I looked up Democrat parties in my County and one popped up. And it was a group and I asked to join it. And instead of getting in the group, I get a message and it's from Abby. And she said, Hey, like we're a really private group. Um, there's just a few of us that are here in this town. And, or she said, um, she said something about, well, I, I'm here in, in this, in this town that we live in. I was like, well, I'm here too. Cause it was like just in the County. And so she was like, do you want to meet for a coffee or something sometime? And I was like, absolutely, yes. And so like the next day or something, we meet for coffee. And I was kind of anxious about it because I was like, I don't even know this person. Like we met through Facebook. Like what if she's crazy? (laughs) And so, but she told me later, she was like, I was really nervous to meet you too. (laughs) She was like, but I just, she said after the election, I promised that I would put myself out there. Like if someone wanted to talk to me. Or, you know, just needed a, a, a lending ear or whatever. Just She was like, I promised myself that I would be more supportive of women and I would, you know, be kinder and listen. And so we met for coffee and we started talking and she said, so we have, we actually have a group that's here in this town. 
and she said it's really small, but she said a lot of them are women who don't want um, it publicly acknowledged that they're, you know, part of either a democratic group or they're liberal or whatever, because um, she said like, our, our town again is really conservative. And several of them are doctors, and they don't want to cause friction or lose patients in their <laughs> practice and stuff. So, yeah. So, it's, like, it's interesting that, like, you know, they kept it really quiet. And so, um, so anyway, so we met. And so, she said, I just wanted to meet you and, you know, make sure you're not crazy before I invited you to one of our meetings. And I was, like, yeah. awesome. So, how did you get in then? So, that was, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Turns out I'm beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That lets you slide on in. They're like, well, you have really pretty hair. We'll allow it. So, but as we were talking, I was like, and I just told her straight up, I was like, well, actually I write romance and stuff. And she was like, oh, really? That's kind of funny because I I sort of do that too. And I was like, really? And so we started talking and it, it turns out like the more I talked to her, the more she admitted that she was like, okay, so I really nasty romance. I was like, me too. <laughs> and so it was what like, she, odds of that? I know what that's what we kept saying. We were solo. like, what the fuck? And so she had actually written a couple of books under a different pen name. And, and they were like, they, they weren't like fully fleshed out. They were just sort of like, she was just getting her feet wet, you know? And I was like, I'm actually pretty good at this. Do you want some help? And she was like, yes, I do. And so um, she ended up pulling those books. She rebranded herself, did a new name. And so she had this dystopian series. And she, well, she had just started. She had this, um, like, a three stories. And they were all kind of short stories she had written together. And the first one was really good. But you could tell, like, it was really only kind of pieced together. And it was a great idea. And we had been asked several times to write a dystopian, like to write something that was like post-apocalyptic or whatever. So I got this book and I sent it to Mel. And because I told Abby, I said, do you care if I let my partner read this? And she's like, not at all. So I sent it to Mel and I was like, Mel, this is really good. Like we should, we should take this story for her. And she was like, all right, let me read it. And so do you remember that Mel? Like, do you remember reading it? And Uh we were like, yeah, this is really good. So yeah, so we told her, we're like, how about this? How about you let us write this story with you? Like, we'll take your story. We'll add some of our stuff to it. And then we'll put both of our names on it or whatever it was. I can't remember if we we put her name on the cover or we just like gave her credit for it or whatever. But it's, I know we put like all her links in the back of it. And we were like, if you like this story, you need to go get Abby Knox's books. And so at the time when we published our Rebels like series or whatever, when we did the first book, it's like, what's the, what was the name of the first one? It was something hit her, like his rebel. Yeah. It was like her, her rebel. Yeah. His rebel, her rebel, like something like that. And so, um, we did the one and then we told her, we're like, okay, we're going to publish it this day. You need to have a book live this day too. So that people like your stuff, they can go get your book. And so, like, we ended up doing this whole thing with her. And then we, like, we ended up writing more, like, companion books with her later. What was the other one we did for Thanksgiving? Was it, we did Thankful for Her. And she said, what was it? What was the one she did? She did Save yeah, for Me. Yeah, that was it, Save for Me. And that kind of went along with our book, uh, Thankful for Her and Home for Christmas. But, yeah. it. I wrote in, like, a character at the end. 
and she wrote that character story. Yeah, because people were just like, hey, who is this new guy that you briefly talked about that I don't know anything about? Can I have an entire book about this person? Yeah, I just put him in like the epilogue or something and made him really mysterious. And I was like, Mel, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Because that's one of those things where like Mel will write an epilogue at the end and sometimes I don't read it. It just goes straight to Eagle. And then I'm like, wait, who? What What did you do? And it's like she just drops these little Easter eggs like, oh, there you go. You're welcome. Just, uh, prepare for all the messages. She's like, somebody keeps asking me about this guy. I've never heard of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, yeah, I might have put him in the epilogue. <laughs> and I was like, by the way, all those messages you're getting, that's about him. So, yeah, so Abby actually wrote that story for us because we're like, please, God, just just take this off our plate. So, but, yeah, so that was how we met. And we ended up, like, like becoming really great friends. Like, we have kids in the same school. They're the same ages. We have really similar, you know, habits and same, we like the same foods. We love the same shit. Like, it's funny. Like, we ended up being really, really good friends. And all because <laughs> Trump got elected. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's that. Uh, so, she has a book out today called Queen Bee. Or it, it, it's out this week. I'm not sure if it came out Monday or today. Yeah, it's just, um, she said it's going to be out Friday. So, it, it should be out today. Okay, so it's Queen Bee by Abby Knox. Ridley Rushmore is the meanest queen bee that ever buzzed the halls of the elite Greenbridge Academy. Her mega-rich parents have spoiled her rotten out of guilt over their failed marriage. This Christmas, however, both of her parents have been acting weird. Instead of flying off to spend the holidays at one uh, at one of the family's many resort properties, Ridley's engaged mother is making her stay home for Christmas and has even invited her invited her gold-digging yoga instructor's uh, instructor fiancé and his geeky gamer son. Crosby to spend the week. When she runs headlong into the graphic tea-wearing brick wall that is her future stepbrother, however, Ridley realizes he is anything but the gamer boy she pictured in her head. Needless to say, this nerd won't be spending any time at all holed up in her mother's basement. Things take an awkward turn when she heads back to her final semester at Greenbridge Academy and her geeky little secret starts to come out. Will she and Crosby be able to keep the buzz to to a minimum? Or will their inability to keep their hands off each other risk both of their reputations? So it's like uh, I like how it's Mean Girl meets Geeky Guy. That's a that's a that's a trope. Yeah. A tie I don't re- I don't read enough of. Like you know, like yeah. the nerdy guy meets the popular girl. It takes a really deft well, hand to it. make that hot. So I'm excited for that one. Yes. Well, and I love like this whole series she's done like at the school at the academy or whatever. You know, she started off with, like, the, the grumpy dad, and then she did, like, the headmistress, and she's gotten, like, all these different, the swim coach. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's cool how she sort of, like, played off of the school and all the different relationships. And I was like, everybody in the school is just fucking. Is that, that's what's <laughs> happening here? Everybody's just fucking. Well, so. can't say I hate it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I went and I found some <laughs> sexy Christmas gifts this morning. And I fell down this whole rabbit hole and I have to talk to you guys about it. So I found this list of like sexy Christmas gifts you can buy your partner. You could ask your partner to buy for you or you could buy for a friend if you want to like help them spice it up. But it was some pretty interesting ones. Like there was the basics like massage oil, open gusset panties, you know, like the panties that have like the hole in the crotch. So Mm -hmm. for easy access. Nipple tassels, silk handcuffs. (laughs) from Lilo they have these really good silk handcuffs that like you know like feel almost feel good when they pull tight Mm. Uh, not saying how I know that but then I got into like some more interesting uh some more interesting stuff like there's this 
uh, candle from Lilo called the flickering touch candle. And it looks like a candle, but you can dump out the hot wax and it turns into massage oil. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's pretty sexy. There's also the... It's pretty sexy, right? And the candle itself is just like this black, like, looks like a black can almost. And it just says Lilo It was the on black it. flame candle. Yeah, it looks really, it's, it's sexy. So some other ideas are the Fin Vibe finger vibrator, which I feel like is something I need in my life. Because, you know, like when you're trying, when you're having sex and you're trying to use your vibrator at the same time, it's very awkward. Yeah. It's too big. But if it's just a finger vibrator and it's a small thing, it might, Ooh. I think that that's something I might, I'm thinking about. I like that. Yeah. You can just get up in there with it. You just get up in there. (laughs) Just get up in there. (laughs) Uh, The other things I saw were boudoir pictures. Get out there and do some boudoir pictures. Have you guys ever done that? Like done like sexy Really? Yeah. What what are you doing for? Do you do them for your husband or for yourself? Both? Um, I think both because it'd be nice to see yourself the way someone else sees you. And because like you see pictures of women all the time. You're like, God, that is so sexy. You know, like it doesn't, you're their bodies aren't necessarily what people would consider perfect. It's sexy because they're confident. It's sexy because they're embracing their sexuality. And so Mm -hmm. like to see yourself in that role and like all your imperfections on display, but you're still embracing it. I think it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Would you do like full nude or would you do lingerie? I wouldn't do full nude. Really? Yeah. I don't need to see my tits down by my knees. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Mel? Would you ever do it? care yeah sure. you would, if he wanted me to would you do full nude yeah i don't think i'd have a problem being naked yeah i don't think i would either i mean if that's what he wants i mean he see he knows what he's gonna get if he's like i want a nude picture yeah. of you he's gonna know what i look like <laughs> it's not like it's gonna be a shock when he's like oh there's stretch marks on your stomach yeah, or yeah. something <laughs> but, he already but knows like, what do you do with them afterwards like i mean you print them out i don't know them away like I mean, it's not like you're going to hang it up in your living Well, I think about, do you remember that Sex in the City where Samantha Jones did that? Where she had the nude pictures oh. and she walks in, puts her leg up, and it's full crotch. And she's like, let's do this. And then she hangs that shit <laughs> yeah. up, like, in her entryway. So when you walk in her house, it's just, like, pussy. <laughs> I was like, that's that's my kind of lady right there. <laughs> I didn't realize my I'll send my husband nudes when I'm, like, traveling. I didn't realize he, like, saves them in a separate file. Ooh, One day I, I found like them that. on his phone. Like, over the years, he saved all of these pictures in a file. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. What if somebody gets a hold of this? But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, gonna, I, like, I feel like the questions <laughs> I want to ask you are too personal. Because I'm like, want? I want to know if he looks – when When does he look at them? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> but that's too – like, don't tell me, obviously. But I, I, I hope mean, he masturbates to them. Okay. Otherwise, what the fuck is he doing? Is he just examining it? He better be masturbating to him. Jesus, why else am I sitting at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I love uh, that okay. he saves them. But no, I mean, so, would you, I, what are you going to do with these pictures if you had them done? What would you do? Would you hang one up in your house? No, 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 no. I, you'd have to put them in somewhere like in the safe so that my daughter couldn't find them yeah. but like they, they would just be for him they wouldn't they wouldn't go anywhere that you know mm-hmm. no I would I wouldn't put them on uh, like tumblr or something yeah you know I'm just gonna do that I'm just gonna take a big pic I'm gonna take a picture of my butt and just like hang it up in my house somewhere and be like this is my husband's favorite thing you know <laughs> he wants to see it every day I don't know what to tell you this I mean if like I, 
if somebody did that, I would be like, that's fucking baller. Yeah. For, fortune favors the bold. Is that the time? Yeah, right? I'm going to do yeah. it after I the would... tour of homes this weekend um, from all my house. <laughs> after everything. I wouldn't leaves. be offended. Do what? If I walked into somebody's house and there was like a tasteful naked picture of them, I'd be like, I oh, have a nude. Actually, it. my mom has. Yeah. My mom has naked pictures in her house. They're not of her. Though they're of other people. I remember walking into my mom's bedroom and I'm like, whoa, mom, there's a naked picture on your wall. She's like, yeah, I got it last week. I'm like, all so right. So she had one. Did she, she do Claire. a boudoir session or was it just like a... No, it wasn't. It's some random naked woman. I'll go home and take a picture of it and I'll post it in the review. You should. Instagram. I want to see it. Yeah. Next time I go over there, I'll go over there today and take a picture. Yeah, I want to see it. I think that'd be cool. I think I've sent it to you guys before. Like I made a video. I was like was coming to check on the dog and then I panned the picture and I was like I'm found this on my mom's wall <laughs> no give me a picture so I can like study it I want to look at it closely okay. and then I'm gonna hang up a picture of an ass on my wall <laughs> okay so the other ones I found wedge pillow you know those wedge pillows so that you can kind of like I'm sorry I forgot what we were talking about you're right go okay Sexy the list. <laughs> yeah okay the okay, wedge yeah. pillow where you can like get your ass up in the air or you can even just like you could you could have your head actually, you could go the other direction, have your head down lower in your Oh, okay. I was like, cause I don't need any help getting my higher. ass up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, I got, got a quite a large back end. Oh, those yeah. wedge pillows are amazing for that. Yes. I have kind of like a chaise lounge that facilitates that, but <laughs> pillow I feel like it would be a better option. Yes. Yeah. So then I kind of like went, so then I just happened to see this thing, shower sex handles. Where it's basically, oh, yeah. it's a set from this company called Sports Sheets, which is does not match the... No, not at all. It's it's like a one handle, for two handles for holding on to, and then one suction cup for your foot to put your foot up. Oh. And it's basically a set for shower sex. Okay. And it's like $10 on Amazon. It's from this company, Sports Sheets. It's, so then that led to a whole thing that should... <laughs> Of sensual bathing products, which is a which is a category on Amazon. Sexual bathing products. Sensual bathing products. Sensual. And Amazon should be ashamed of themselves for banning books when these things are on. Like it is basically couples fully nude having sex in these advertisements. Oh shit! Products. Okay, now I need yeah. to look it up. Hold on, <laughs> I need to see this. Okay. So what? What so is it? The, what did I have? So the three sensual bathing products that I would like to try, one is called Rub My Ducky, which is a vibrating rubber ducky. What? <laughs> that's like basically dressed. Yeah. Oh, shit. It, it's discreet. It's a discreet vibrator for the shower. It looks like a rubber ducky, but it's actually a vibrator. Oh, I'm in. Rub My Ducky. I just want you guys to <laughs> <that>. <laughs> We should give one of these away for Christmas. I know. Yes. My elf they have is like, it's like a rubber ducky, but it's dressed in like bondage gear. It's hilarious. Oh, we're getting, Mal, make a graphic. <laughs> we're <laughs> giving graphic. one of these away. Yes, please. Okay. Um, the second thing I found was a vibrating loofah called, um, so it's from a company called Erotic Favors. And it's a loofah that has a pocket and it comes with a little bullet vibrator to put in it. So it looks like you just have a loofah hanging in your shower, but it's a vibrator. Whoa, that is discreet. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one I saw that I thought was really cool is suction handcuffs. So you can basically handcuff yourself in the shower, right? I, yeah. I don't think I want to be handcuffed in the shower. Well, some of the <laughs> 
I'm just <laughs> when saying, we had just a hot water exist. heater, that's a, that that would seriously be like some major gamble with a hot water heater because you're like, well, when's the hot gonna go out? You know. <laughs> Anyways, those are things that exist, and I think everybody needed to be aware of it. That's yeah, fucking really, awesome. Really fell down a rabbit hole this morning. Sensual bathing products is a real filthy Amazon category that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and also I was going to say, if you do um, boudoir photos, why, why don't you just post them all over Facebook so everybody else can enjoy them, okay? Thanks, guys. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, sure, if they sure. came out really good, I might share a little bit of a like maybe a, a tasteful one. Honestly, I might, but then I, I see when it, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't. I have a friend who she did that. She did a boudoir session after she got a divorce. Cause I think she lost a lot of weight. She wanted to get like more of her confidence back and she posted the pictures on Facebook. And I was like, I don't know if that's the place for this. <laughs> like, I she mean, was I'm, I, she was I, feeling herself. She yeah. was feeling herself. I mean, she looked amazing and I thought it was really beautiful and it was, I thought it was great that she did it. And I think it's so empowering, but I don't necessarily think that this is the type of thing that you need to share with everybody because then it's sort of like, what's the purpose, you know, like not what's the purpose. Cause I, I, I knew what her purpose was, but I feel like it sort of defeats the purpose when you share it with everyone. Like, you know, the, the confidence, the thing that you're trying to get, you know, if this is something for yourself, maybe not share with the class, but also I'm not sure I want to see you like that. I mean, is that just me? Um, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the people that that share them somewhere because like that's you know, like that's what yeah. we use for teaser pictures. That's what we use for information. <laughs> like really, I mean, people do it, post them everywhere. So like, I mean, yeah, and I guess Pinterest it... is full of inspiration for like the characters we write. So I don't know if I would personally do it. I don't know if my husband would be comfortable with me doing it. But yeah. I'm I think that you know I don't I don't. That's no, a good question. It if you want to share it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if my husband would care if I did that. You know, I, my sister-in-law did a pin-up session one time, and it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. That, and it I, wasn't, that I'm interested in. I like that. But it yeah. wasn't lingerie. It was when she got married, that's what she gave to her husband for Christmas that, I think, their first year they were married. And it was a photo book, but she got digital pictures and shared them. So, I mean, she looked beautiful, but it wasn't lingerie. It wasn't nude. It was sexy dresses, like things she would never wear. She's really conservative in her clothes and her style, like sweaters and long sleeve shirts. Like she doesn't show a lot of skin at all. But this was like a leopard print, tight dress, low cut, like very sexy. And she looked beautiful and it was totally outside her comfort zone. But it wasn't, it wasn't anything that made me feel like I'm intruding when I see it, you know? And I think that the other boudoir photos that I've seen, sometimes I feel like that I, it's so intimate. Maybe I shouldn't be viewing these. I don't know. Maybe that's why they kind of make me feel like, oh my God. Yeah, like, maybe it's a different little when you bit don't know the person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, I'm like, when you oh know the God. person, you're like, oh no, I have to see you at church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. We're going to be at soccer like, practice together, you know? Yeah. But and like, my husband's going to be at soccer practice with you as well. So. Well, you know, it, but, like <laughs> well, and there's like, there's your close friends that, you know, you've seen their butthole. So like, like that kind of thing, like, happens. Yeah. Mel's, I'm nodding my head. Yes, nobody Mel's can see. Like, mm-hmm, we've been there. So, like, you know, there's your close friends where you've seen all this. You know, you've seen them naked and 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 whatever. Like a, a boudoir picture isn't going to make you bad an eyelash. 
But there's, you know, there's some friends where you've never seen that way before. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're just going full frontal on this. So I don't know. But I do think it's awesome that women want to post it and shit. Because I think you're right, Tessa. I think, like, to be able to show it and empower other women, like, oh, maybe I could do that too, you know. Like, maybe if, even if they don't show it, maybe it gives them the confidence to do it. So, yeah. Okay, so I have a lady listener email question. Okay, so hey, lady podcasters. So I have a crush on a coworker who works in a different department than me and was wondering if you could give me any suggestions on how to ask him if he'd be interested in going out for drinks or something. We don't have much interaction because he sits in another area, but when he comes out, we have little chats sometimes. I knew that he liked Star Wars, so I hinted that I did too, and that's what we pretty much talk about. If you have any suggestions on how I could breach the subject in a non-creepy way, non-sexual harassment way, I would greatly appreciate it. Your lady listener. Ask him to go to the new Star Wars movie. It's coming out. Be like, hey, do you want to go see it together? It's not a bad idea. Like, if that's your thing that's in common. Like, also, there is probably a con in your city that has to do with Star Wars. That like, do you want to go to that? Like, I think if you you've already opened the door by finding something that you mutually like together, go do that mutual like together. And if you're in Florida, you should go to Disney World and build a fucking lightsaber because it looks awesome. <laughs> say because like if you don't talk if you, if you only talk to him about like kind of uh, like surface things and maybe you haven't gone too deep yet and you don't mm -hmm. know if he has a girlfriend or something like a way to, to to ask could be like are you already going with somebody to this you know like yeah that's, that's a good idea asking because then mm -hmm. if he's like yeah i'm going with my girlfriend and then it doesn't it's like oh yeah yeah i'm going with my friends mm -hmm. and you can kind of like back off quickly but like that sounds like a good way to ask. I think another, I mean, like when you're in a work environment, getting a group together for drinks is probably a good way to like kind of ease your way into that, right? Yeah, that sounds like yeah, idea. yeah, to like ease into and be like, hey, do you want to go get a drink with some of us after work? And if he's really interested, then you know, in getting to know you or you know, hanging out, like you know, that's his opening. Or even to just be like. I don't know. I was trying to think like work, work parties, like, you know, depending on, I worked for a big company for a while and there was several like office romance opportunities. And it was like usually at work functions where we had like Christmas parties or we would go out to eat for like lunch together um, for Christmas or, you know, cause I'm just thinking about like what's coming up. Like if you want to do this sooner than later, then that's your opportunity. But I don't know. There's always like, there's, I feel like there's always stuff going on around the holidays too, that you can ask people to come to with you or just be like, Hey, do you want to go do this? Do you want to, you know, go see some Christmas trees? I don't know. That's how I do it. I fucking love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think those are good suggestions, right? I like, I hope it can you yeah. and um, this listener, if, she, if she's listening, I don't want to say her name, but if, if it works out or it doesn't, like, can you check back in with us and let us know? Yes, I'd actually be please. interested to find out. I know. So, I want to um, know how this goes. I want to know what your approach is, what happens. Like, we're invested now, okay? We're, we're in this now, like, together. Yeah. Just imagine that we're all, that the three of us are sitting behind you while this is happening. Mm -hmm. and, and we're watching it and we're supporting you and we're loving you and we're saying, do this and then get those boudoir pictures done. And why the hell would he say, yeah, and why the hell wouldn't he want to go? Exactly, because you're amazing. You. You're you like Star Wars. You're already a badass bitch. Get out yeah, there. Yeah, and, you, and if you're this conscientious that you're like mm -hmm. taking this much time to think about how to approach it, then you're obviously a really um, thoughtful person as well. You know what? You what know? would General Leia do? She would go grab Han by the balls and say, "Do this." So do that. Yeah. 
don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't get arrested. Don't get don't get fired. <laughs> okay, so one final question I have for you guys um, before we start the final installment of Dr. Dave by uh, the lovely Abby Knox is I want to know what um, is your favorite thing right now? Do you have God. a favorite thing right now? You, you asked this. I'm, I'm eating Dairy Queen dip cones every day. <laughs> Off you know, pizza. I was out. I, I, I'm off. You're the off the cheese at pizza. I haven't had one in a few weeks, but I have had a Dairy Queen cone about every single day. Is it the new flavor That's one? Is it the orange one or is it chocolate? No, it's just the chocolate dip cone. I just swing by and grab one. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It's like two sixty one. I know the price. <laughs> <laughs> so do they, I have it ready. Do they have the cheese at pizza anymore, or is it gone? No, they haven't. It's going to be gone now because Mel's not buying it anymore. I know, that's true. She's not getting it every day. Operation, yeah. No, but that's my thing at the moment. Dairy Queen dip cones. Okay. God, that's I always go on food kicks. I'm sure in a few weeks I'll have something else. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to my hairdresser about products the other day, and I really love this, like, it's it's a dry shampoo. It's also a texturizer slash hairspray. But I love it, and I found it at Sephora, but it's kind of pricey, so I don't use it every day. I use, like, cheaper stuff in between. But it's, I think it's called, I don't know how, I think you pronounce it way, maybe? It's O-U-A-I, and it smells so good. It's my favorite, favorite thing right now, and I'm obsessed with that. So, I've, yeah. seen that an, I've seen that product on an info commercial, I think. How you real? That's what somebody said. It's like a, it's like a celebrity. It's a celebrity product. Like yeah. product. Well, what have, I'll get the FabFitFun box. LB gave it to me for my, for, for Christmas, I think maybe. She like gave me a free one and or gave me my first box. And so then I got a discount on subscribing for the year. And so I went ahead and bought like a whole year, but it's only four boxes. You get one a season. And so in summer, the product came in. It was a full-size bottle of leave-in conditioner like um, that you spray when in your hair when it's wet. And I love the way it smells. It smells so fucking good. Like it, whatever it is, like it's that's my fragrance wheel. That whatever this all this whole line of products, I love how everything smells. And so um I just saw it at Sephora. I saw they had the, the leave-in conditioner. I don't need any more. I saw a you know, pretty good amount. But I was like, oh, what's this? It's a texturizing dry shampoo, which is like it has a little bit of hold to it. It, you know, it will make your hair kind of stay, but it also gives your hair like that, um, that PC look, if that makes sense. So it's not like it, it looks like you like you've just run your fingers through it. And it kind of yeah. gives it that sort of look. And so I love this stuff. So I, right this second, I'm obsessed with it. And, but it it's like $25 a can. Like, it's ridiculous expensive. But like I said, I don't use it every day. I use it like once a week because I'm just like, just a little bit on the front. I'm like, okay. Amazon wish list it. for Christmas. Yeah. I know. It is on my wish list for Christmas, actually. <laughs> I'm like, just in case of this, please, thanks. That's the whole present. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hair products are so expensive. I like mm-hmm. I use Goldwell, which is like my hairdresser was like, you have to use Goldwell now, like yeah, because sulfate like, free. Strip the color out. Otherwise. Yeah, you have to use. And then I left. Too. I left two brand new, um, two brand new, a, a full shampoo and a full conditioner in the hotel room no. in, Phil- no. in Philadelphia two weeks ago. Oh. I got home and I was like, no. Did you just? <laughs> like, why don't you go back? That's only two hours. You should have gone back and done. <laughs> 
Oh my god, and now my daughter's using it because of the purple streak in her oh, hair, and no. it's just like, what are we doing to ourselves? <laughs> All um, this luxury over there. Yeah. Oh, I'll my, um, go ahead. No, let's just kind of, I, I have this other thing that um, I, I, I would like to recommend it for a gift as well. I got it from my husband. It was a Kickstarter, and I did it a few years ago. And it was the, I think it's probably the first Kickstarter I ever did. But it was for this jacket called the Adventure, I think they call it the Adventure Jacket. And it's by this guy named Seth. And I, it was a Facebook thing that popped up. And I was like, this looks really cool. And so I kickstart, I helped fund it, and then we had to wait like a year, and my husband finally got the jacket. And it's been like two or three years, I think, since he's gotten it. But it's really cool. It's very lightweight and thin, but it's like rainproof, and on the inside, it's like insulated, so it's super, super warm. But like, it's got all these really neat features to it. The hood on it can double as a neck pillow. Um, on the zipper, there's a bottle opener on the zipper, like the hook on the end of it. There's a little um, tag on the jacket for, like, sunglasses. It's got a place you can put those. And then it's got, like, these really neat, like, pockets on the inside. And it's got, like, a, like, how the whole thing actually rolls up to and makes a pillow. I think, like, like there's all these different features. And it's just a really cool jacket. And so um, he's had it. And it's, like, if you get one, though, um, it, it's called Adventure. Or you can go on and look up, like, Adventure Hoodie. They have a sweatshirt now. But they have a size up because he he normally would wear like I think he's more of a large like if he got a large t-shirt it would fit and he got an extra large in the jacket and it's like fitted to him so if you get one size up but today actually they kickstarted another project the same company they did an adventure backpack and it's got like the coolest features about this stuff that like zips onto it on the top and comes off and makes like for a small day pack, but it can transform into like a bigger travel backpack. And it's got all these awesome features. And the only thing that I found that's similar to it was a Tumi backpack that was like $900. And I was like, I'm not buying that. So I saw that um, adventure had this and I was like, well, we've been really impressed with the jacket and the quality so I was like, so it just came today. The backpack did. So I'm going to give that to my husband for Christmas because I kickstarted that in like June and it didn't, it just shipped today. So, so yeah. Awesome. I feel That's like I about, saw that jacket on Shark Tank. Oh yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I think so. Like a nice. long time ago, I'm you, pretty sure. Yeah. But it must, you know what it, it I must would have been after the Kickstarter because they wouldn't have kickstarted it after um, Shark <laughs> yeah. Tank. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend the weighted blanket. I got one of those, and I've been Oh my god, I'm night. so jealous! And I feel like I need one. They're expensive, though. Like I got mine like a hundred and something off because I got it was on I the deal of it. the day. But like normally they're like two hundred and something bucks. But on the deal of the day, I think I paid like one thirty or something for it. Yeah, that's the thing that got. But I, was like, I would wait for it to go on sale again. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you're somebody that has a problem going to sleep. Like, it's hard for me to fall asleep, but it just, like, I don't know if it's just, I don't like to cuddle either, so I'm not a cuddler, but there's something about this blanket and the weight that just kind of, like, soothes you down. Mm-hmm. Did you try going to Groupon and searching for um, weighted blankets? Sometimes companies will have deals on things that are, like, almost permanent on Groupon, mm-hmm. and you can get what, get a really good deal for, for a weighted blanket. Well, that was the, um, that saw the deal of the day and I looked at it and it was like, it, like a mouse said it was a hundred dollars off, but it was still like 120 bucks or 130 bucks. And I was like, I just can't pull the trigger on a blanket for 130 bucks. And then like the next day it popped back up two thirty, and I was like, 
fuck. Like that was, it was a really good one. It was like a 20 pound high quality, big blanket. And I was like, damn it. I should have just got it. But I was like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Like I just, I'll figure it out. Whatever. Along with those bunny slippers Mel got too, that she posted in the Read Me Romance headquarters last night. She was like, don't tell Leah. And here she is wearing like the cutest bunny slippers ever. I was like, thanks a lot. (laughs) You can't even get them. Because they are, they're actually, I went over to get my son, and they were at Target, and they are kids' slippers, technically. Oh, fuck off. And I, I got the biggest size of the kids' slippers. So I barely fit them. Fuck you, Mel. And, and I'm like a size 8, but they're only 20 bucks. So if you're a size 8 or smaller in two, <laughs> you can get those at Target. If you have big clod hoppers like I do, then don't worry about it. Just for Don't even know they're there. Just ignore those comments. <laughs> Just pretend like they don't exist. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and play the wait, Tessa, um, installment. Hold on. But... Do you want to say what you're obsessed with right now? What no. <laughs> Mine's no? not as good. No. She's like, I got the duck. Okay, shut up. Let's go. <laughs> Mine's just like really non-specific. Like I don't have a brand to recommend. What is it? All it's I, okay. All it's I like right now is wedge sneakers. Like I can just want to rec- recommend wedge. Wait, sneakers. what? What's a wedge what is sneaker? A wedge sneaker. Wait, I take that back. I know what a wedge sneaker. They're like wedge, along, like, they're like wedge sneakers. Like they're like heel sneakers. Yeah, and they no. make your legs look really long, but they're still casual, so you can wear them with jeans. No, I'm yeah. looking this up. There's no way that's cute. What brand um, do you have? No, I've seen them. Um, I've seen like hip hop stars wearing them and stuff. P A O L O is the brand I'm wearing. I think Paolo, and they're like leather and they have no laces. They're just like I don't know oh, how to describe it. Oh, I see. Okay, they don't look like sneakers. No, but they are. So they feel they like look sneakers. like they, feel they like look like wearing... boots, like a uh, like ankle boots, but flat and they're wedged yeah. inside. Okay. Eh, I'm still. I'm gonna yuck okay. your yum. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is, I started. Uh, I stopped drinking alcohol on Monday, and that's, I haven't had a drink since Monday. And I've been drinking tea at night instead. Yeah. And so I need somebody to like recommend me um, some really good tea brands because there's like there's a mall near my house that has like literally four like gourmet tea shops, and oh, I don't. Nice. I'm too. In, it's intimidating going in there. I don't know what I like. I don't really, I drink, when I drink tea, I drink like really strong Irish tea, like berries and like okay. milk in it and stuff. But I need like someone to recommend me like good herbal teas that I can drink at night. Cause it's like, I woke up and I was like, I can run for president like without this hangover. <laughs> so, um, so wait, what? Yeah, so I'm going to try and keep doing So it. you drink Irish tea now? Yeah, but it's not like really a nighttime thing. Like I want to, if you're drinking Irish tea, it's, like, for fucking energy. Like, it's yeah, so strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something... At nighttime, if you drink it, you'd be up all night. So, I've been drinking, like... I got this, um... It's called Tranquility. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, <laughs> lavender... It's, like, a lavender and... Lavender vanilla flavor. Like and it's really nice. or something. Yeah, but I want to try some other ones. So, I need, like... Email me at readmeromance at gmail.com and recommend me some tea. Well, I was gonna so. say, Eagle drinks... She only drinks Irish breakfast tea. and But I think she likes it very weak. Like, really, really weak. So... I don't think she drinks it as strong as, as normal people drink Irish She tea. drinks berries, though, I do believe. I, I think one Does time she? I texted her. Yeah, I texted her. Or no, okay. I posted a picture of all the brands I'd gotten from my Irish relatives that were coming to visit. And she was like, that looks like my cupboard. Aww. So, like, berries gold and, like, Weedabix. Okay. Your Irish yeah, I'd be interested that. to know that, too, on the tea. Because I've tried to drink tea and, like, I've tried... Different ones. I don't like, like Earl Grey, I do not like. I feel like it's too flowery. 
Um, I don't like anything that's super fragrant. Basically, I want coffee. <laughs> but yeah. but I want to I want to like tea, but I ha- I put cream in it, I put sugar in it just like I do my coffee. So I'm like, am I really is this really benefiting me <laughs> in, in in any way because I'm adding all this shit to it? But I'm like, yeah. you know, I went to the Christmas Expo in Charlotte last week or on Monday and it was fucking awesome and they had like this sample tea section of like all these teas with like different honeys and stuff in them. And so that was nice to try tea, tea flavors, like just basic breakfast teas with different flavors of honey in it. And I was like, oh, no, that's cool. One I had was like a lemon honey, and it tasted like a Hall's cough drop. And I was like, not that one. <laughs> but but some of them were really good. Yeah, I want tea that I don't have to add anything to. I just yeah, to same. I know. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like it sweet and creamy. <laughs> is, there, is that out there? Is that a thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking for recommendations because I'm sure it does exist out there. There's like so many of these specialty shops now, um, Mm -hmm. like David's tea. And um, so I just need someone to guide me basically. And I'll share what I, I'll share my findings. Um, Okay. So we're going to play the final installment of Dr. Dave by Abby Knox. And when we come back, we'll tell you um, what to grab by her uh, again, in case you forgot from Monday. So enjoy. Bye. Bye. Chapter nine. David. My hand squeezes my cock, but the sensation of my own hand is nothing compared to the shivers of pleasure her voice gives me. Fucking hell. That's some filthy talk coming from a baby animal hat-knitting virgin named Millie. She sighs, and I can tell she's not lying. She is most definitely touching herself while we talk. You bring it out in me, she breathes. Reagan pounds on the door. Dave, what the fuck? I cover the phone mic with a finger from my free hand. Run a house ad, Jesus. My producer is pissed. We already ran like seven house ads. The station manager is getting calls from angry listeners. Calls at home, Dave. Come on. I shake my head. I know that most of my listeners are normal, sane people. But you can't be too careful. How do some of these psychopaths find out the home phone number of the station manager? This is why I don't use my last name on the air. I grit my teeth as I realize I should start a new policy of all my callers using fake names. I don't want people like Millie targeted by some deranged lunatic. The arousing thoughts of my Millie touching herself while my voice is in her ear is now competing with Reagan's angry voice, which is bringing me back to reality. I can't slap one out in the bathroom at work. What the hell am I thinking? But at the same time, I can't let her hang up. Millie, sweetheart, I have to go. Damn it, I don't want to leave you hanging like this, but... Just promise me you'll stay on the line, okay? She gasps in a breath and lets out a shuddering sigh. Um, I'm not going anywhere, doctor. David. I remind her. I'm your guy, Millie. You call me David. Chapter 10 Dave The next thing I hear is her breath catching in surprise, and it's not because I've turned her on. Millie, sweetheart, what is it? Huh, she says. That's weird. I don't like the sound of this. Tell me what's weird. 
Somebody left a light on at the sporting goods store, way in the back. I just noticed. I don't remember it being on before. Don't go over there, I insist. She protests. But it's my job. I have to check it out. It'll be fine. Millie, get out of there now. I don't like this. I don't like this at all, I say urgently. It's fine. I'm just going to go turn the... She trails off. And then I hear a small gasp, followed by something that sets all my caveman nerves on fire. You! What are you? Millie, what's going on? Who's there with you? My girl doesn't respond. I hear a lot of clattering, and then silence. The need to get to her overwhelms me. I call her name several more times, and then, instead of my beautiful girl, a man's voice says, I'm sorry, Millie can't come to the phone right now. The call drops. Rage like I've never felt before suffuses every cell in my body. If anything happens to her, I swear to God, I will kill him, whoever he is. But I have an idea. I bolt out of the bathroom, laser focused. Where are you going? You are still on the air, Dr. Dave. Not anymore, I blurt out as I grab the keys to my bike and my helmet. But the sponsors, the station manager is on his way. Great, then he can do the show. Dave! I call over my shoulder. If you want to make yourself useful, call 911 and tell them to head to Southfield Mall. A man is about to die a very painful death. When I peel my bike out of the underground garage, the amount of ice on the road catches me off guard and forces me to slow down, despite my urgency. I struggle to keep the bike steady at a slower speed while wrangling my phone at the same time. Shit, I've got maybe two minutes of battery power left on it. It takes a few tries before I finally manage to hit the emergency button and reach dispatch. What's your emergency? As calmly as I can, I begin to tell the dispatcher on the phone what's happening. But then, the call drops. Fuck, I shout, looking at my screen as the battery fully gives up the ghost. I gun it, praying that Reagan decided to listen to me and call 911. I don't care about the ice on the road. I don't care about anything except getting to my Millie. I careen into the mall parking lot so hard that I lose my balance. Under normal circumstances, I could either regain my balance or set the bike down and hope for the best. But on this ice, I'm not in control. I set the bike down and brace myself. The bike slides out from under me, going in one direction, and I go the other, tumbling and whizzing across the ice, my body crashing hard against the concrete sidewalk. I'm a little banged up, sure, but I'm feeling no pain, except the pain at the thought that Millie's in trouble. And what's my plan to get into the mall now that I'm here? I don't have one, other than to crash through the locked glass automatic doors if I have to. Chapter 11 Millie it feels like all the blood in my body has pooled in my guts, and I can't breathe. Pretzel Guy is standing in front of me, looking very put out, and he's within grabbing distance. Who are you talking to? He asks. Oh, God, this is bad. Do not engage, says my brain. Also, try to sound casual so you don't spook him. Also, breathe. 
I finally conquer the panicky dry mouth and stammer, still not able to remember his actual name. Hey, you? How did you get in here? Pretzel Guy laughs and comes closer as I inch backwards. Well, you're a very silly girl when you get so much as a crumb of attention from a man. You really should be more careful. I watched you punch in your security coat, and you didn't even try to hide it. I memorized it, waited a few minutes, then followed you inside. I swallow, deciding not to ask him why he's here. I think it's obvious. He's a psychopath, that's why. Is there something you need? I ask, trying to sound more like I'm concerned for his welfare than scared out of my wits. My hand rests on the end of my stun gun that is holstered to my belt. Pretzel Guy stops and crosses his arms. You know, I do need something. I need to know if you're ever going to stop playing games with me. I guess I need to take matters into my own hands. That's why, when I left work, I parked across the street and walked all the way back here in the freezing rain. Can you believe what I do for you? Every night I wait around just to say hello, just to let you flirt with me. Not yet, Millie. Don't knock his ass down just yet. He's watching you. I have a boyfriend, I breathe. Oh, Millie. He chuckles. I think you've been misled. Whoever that was, whoever was on the phone with you, that's not your boyfriend. No suitable boyfriend would ever coerce his girl to masturbate in public. So he saw everything. Great, it's likely he's been watching me all night. Then my stomach drops to the floor like I'm hurtling down the big hill on a roller coaster when I realize something. The cameras, I whisper. That's right, smart girl. I knew you were perfect for me. I've been dicking with the cameras for weeks just to see how long it would take corporate to fix them. Turns out, they don't give a shit about you. Unlike me, it's pretty easy to see I'm the only one looking out for you. That's why I'm here, to protect you, Millie. I try to sound breezy. Protect me from what? You don't even know my name, do you? In fairness, I don't think you've ever introduced yourself. You just showed up and started talking to me in the parking lot one day. Word to the wise, don't walk up to women in parking lots. You could get yourself hurt if they don't know you're harmless. He laughs. You're adorable, you know that. I like a woman who talks back. Pretzel Guy grips my upper arm with one beefy hand and pulls me away from the wall. Come on, let's go somewhere where we can talk. This guy must be utterly bonkers if he thinks I'm going to let him take me to a second location. Especially when the first location is a dark, abandoned shopping mall. See, Paul, I say telepathically to my coworker. This is what happens when you call in sick. Well, actually, I need to finish checking the locks on all the doors first, and then we can go find a quiet place to talk, okay? His tone turns angry, and he spits out. You didn't seem too concerned about doing your job when you were fingering yourself right out here in public, did you? Not very ladylike, was it? Well, now you're with me, 
and I'll teach you quickly how a lady behaves. That word, ladylike, does something to me. I guess you could say I'm triggered. Everything turned several shades of red, and the angry bile rises in my throat. I don't know what's going to happen next. But this? Him putting his hands on me? Slut-shaming me and stalking me? Not fucking tonight. A distant clattering noise startles us both. My hand acts on its own just as Pretzel Guy's eyes flick away from me. I point and shoot, with no plans to ask any questions later. Chapter 12 David I do the only thing I can think to do. I pick up my bike, start it up, and position myself far enough away to reach the highest speed my bike can go. Careful not to slide on the ice this time, I barrel straight toward the accessibility ramp that leads from the parking lot, up the sidewalk, and straight toward the glass doors as fast as I can go. Praying I don't die. Praying that this isn't the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I need not have worried about the glass. The glass breaks all right. The locked metal frame, however, doesn't budge. The bike crashes into the bottom of the door frame, and my body is catapulted inside the building, along with a million shards of glass. I don't have any idea how far I fly. My body lands with a thud against the dirt inside a huge planter full of overgrown philodendrons. I roll over, groaning, and carefully remove my helmet, tossing it aside. Picking myself up, I assess any bodily damage with my eyes in the dim light, because the overload of adrenaline right now means I definitely feel zero pain. I stumble down the wide, shadowy corridor and start yelling her name. I just don't know what else to do but call out to her. Millie! Millie, I'm here! Where are you, baby? When the corridor reaches the center atrium, I see movement in the darkness to my right. I look and the first thing that registers in my brain is a figure, standing over a lump on the floor. Panic stokes a fire in my lungs, and words no longer have sound, as I choke out her name. I don't know what's going on. I barely remember who I am at this point. All I know is one thing. I have to get to her. Chapter 13 Millie Oh my god, doesn't one attacker in a night, like, max out the quota or something? Pretzel guy I can handle. He's currently passed out on the floor in front of me in a puddle of his own piss. But now, some new, shadowy figure is barreling toward me from the east entrance of the mall. Well, this new dude had better brace himself, because I'm pretty sure my brothers and their fellow cops and firefighters have busted down the doors at the west end of the mall. I can already hear the thundering of their boots and the crackling of their radios. The cavalry is here. For once, I don't mind having three big, overprotective brothers who sleep next to their scanners looking out for me while I'm at work. I can't make out this man's facial features, but his leather jacket looks like it's been brutalized by farm equipment, and his jeans are shredded all the way down one side. He looks like he's been run over by a semi-tractor trailer and dragged 50 feet. And he's charging toward me. Shaking from head to toe, I aim my stun gun at the new intruder, 
not sure if the device has enough charge left for a second, larger attacker. Max? Martin? Any minute now, guys. About ten yards away from me now, the man speaks. Millie. That's all it takes. I know that voice immediately. It's the voice I've been hearing in my ears every night for five years. Dr. Dave is in the fucking house. Holy shit. He's not just a voice anymore. He's real, and he's coming toward me, and he's hurt. Oh my God, what happened to you? He doesn't answer, doesn't seem interested in the question. I can only hear him breathing heavily. My knees tremble, and all the breath that I'd been holding in while facing Pretzel Guy, I quickly expel. If I had any doubts about whether Dr. Dave was actually interested in me, they just dissipated into the thin air like a drop of water on a hot frying pan. In fact, everything feels hot. What are you doing here? You're hurt. We need to get you to the hospital. Still no answer. Still only a look of primal, unrelenting focus on me. Holy shit. He's going to kiss me. He's going to kiss me hard. He's going to get blood and dirt on me, and he doesn't even care. And honestly, neither do I. He looks like Bruce Willis at the end of Die Hard, wrung out, an inch from death, tired of everyone's shit, and entirely focused on getting his woman safe back in his arms. I can't believe it. I'm going to be kissed by an action hero. Everything seems to stand still, except this moment in time. He doesn't care about anything but getting to me, and I'm ready for it. I lick my lips in anticipation, my breath heaving in my chest. But before he can reach out for me, about a dozen men and women in uniform, guns drawn, have us surrounded. My brother Max pins him to the floor, his arms behind his back. Everyone is shouting. It's pandemonium. I struggle to shout over all the noise. Max, let him go. He came here to save me from him. I point wildly at Pretzel Guy. My barrel-chested brother, whose knee is pressed into the doctor's spinal cord, looks up at me and grunts. Who? Him, Pretzel Guy. The fuck? Max looks confused. My brother means well, and I can't blame him for misreading the situation, what with all the chaos and echoes in this enormous empty space. I put my hands on my hips, and everyone finally quiets down to listen to me. Butthead? Do you realize who you are crushing with your giant, Hagrid-sized leg right now? That's Dr. Dave. And it looks like he busted his ass to get here because he knew I was in trouble. And I was. Now get off of him and apologize. Max grudgingly lets him up and says he's sorry. I'm relieved to see my giant of a brother hasn't caused any further injury to my would-be rescuer. I hear my brother mutter something about how this night has taken a turn for the weird. But I'm ignoring him now. I am purely focused on someone else. The man who made me fall for him. Chapter 14 Millie My voice trembles in worry and wonder. Dr. Dave? You really came here for me? 
His words tumble out dry and ragged. I told you, it's David. For you, I'm just David. And I came here for one thing. I need those lips now, if you don't mind. My flushed face angles up to meet David halfway, but there's no need to. His lips capture mine in a searing, knee-buckling, heart-pounding kiss. Our mouths fuse together so tightly, it dismantles any last thought I might have had that this is all a dream. His arms pull me close to support me as my body melts into him. My mind so quickly closes up shop on everything else, I forget the cops are still here. Hey, I hear my brother Max yell, but it's a distant echo compared to the wet, passionate smooching noises providing all the audio input I can handle. Dude, what the fuck do you think you're doing to my baby sister? Martin says. It's the baby sister thing that makes me finally pull away from David's kiss, even though I really, really don't want to. David grunts in displeasure and tightens his grip around me as I turn to face my brothers. Boys, you're done here. Done babying me. Done telling me what to do. Done scaring men away. And you can run and tell Jay the same thing. An admonished Max mutters, Well, we're not actually done here. You still need to give us a statement about the incident. While I do this, David keeps his arms locked around me, even under the wary gazes of my brothers. The cavalry eventually packs it in, taking a groggy, confused pretzel guy away with them in handcuffs, and David and I are finally alone. In the glow of the security lights, I examine his bruised body. What happened to you? I breathe. I lightly brush my fingers against David's cheekbones. His publicity photos do not do him justice. I had already formed that opinion on the day I worked security at his charity event a while ago. But up this close, he's achingly beautiful. Or maybe everything looks different, now that I know his strong jaw, sexy crow's feet, bad boy smile, and even these bruises belong to me. The knowledge of this sends a rush through my entire body. He shrugs. I rode my bike here. Had to put it down on the ice. Got a little banged up. No big whoop. My eyes flash in anger. It's a very big whoop, I say, examining his skin while gingerly holding his face. And very stupid of you on this ice. Come on, the linen store is right around the corner. I know they've got first aid kits. It's closer than the security office. I can fix you up. He grumbles and leans his forehead against mine, a move that in movies makes me swoon. In real life, for the first time, I think my ovaries just dropped like 15 eggs at once. I'd rather just go to your place and let you fix me up there. He rumbles, his breath sending a wave of warmth and tingles across my cheek. Sorry, John McLean but I have to wait for my bosses to show up so I can give them the narrative of everything that happened tonight. But I'm sure we could grab one of the officers and have them dispatch an ambulance for you. David cuts me off in another kiss, this one tender and sweet and full of longing. His lips are soft, attentive, and caring. It nearly breaks my heart. 
I'm the one who should be taking care of this injured, magnificent man right now. But he won't have me fussing over him. He's made that clear. David follows the kiss with words and breaths full of trembling and an endearing neediness that tugs at all of my heartstrings. I'm not leaving you, no matter what. Chapter 15 David My Millie pulls me by the hand toward the towel and bedspread store, whatever the hell it's called. She unlocks the cage door and lets us both in. We quickly find the bathroom odds and ends, and sure enough, a first aid kit. I want to protest out of some odd macho need to present myself as tough, but my affection for this woman keeps me in check. She wants to take care of me, so I should let her. Sitting facing each other on the end of one of the bedding displays, Millie patches me up. First, she brings me water and makes me hydrate, even though I don't feel thirsty for anything but her. I let her help me take off my motorcycle jacket and shirt, careful to avoid causing more bleeding from the shallow flesh wounds. She cleans out all the dirt and gravel that got mixed in with the ice that scraped the shit out of my arm. After she applies the peroxide to my lacerated shoulder, she blows on it. A low moan rolls out of my throat at the sensation of her breath against my bare skin. She hears me, and her eyes meet mine with something equally primal, before she checks herself. She haltingly tells me I need to take off my pants so she can finish tending to my wounds. Who am I to argue? Moments later, I'm pantsless, shirtless, and helpless against her feminine wiles. As if I ever had any hope of keeping my guard up around my Millie. The most maddening and most boner-enhancing part of all this is that she's totally unaware she has any feminine wiles at all. Every look, every touch from her, does things to me, and she doesn't even realize it. You have no idea how much trouble you're in now, baby, I say. She smirks. I guess you'd better send me to my room to think about what I've done. Oh, wait, she says, a wicked grin radiating from her face. Look where we are. My gaze drops down to the bed, where her hand caresses the fluffy duvet and plumps the pillows at the strange scaled-down headboard. Millie, don't play with me. I came here looking for a fight that never happened, and I'm full of pent-up testosterone. I'm so ready to spread you out, I might just do it right here on this miniature bed display. My bosses will be here. She quirks her lip and checks her phone screen. As soon as my shift ends. So we have the time. I exhale a ragged breath and claim her mouth, kissing her with increasing lust and urgency. My cock wants out, but not until I'm certain this is what she wants. Are you sure this is how you want your first time to be? She nods and whispers, I need you. Obviously, you already know there's going to be some blood. Just tell me to stop if you want me to stop. She blushes and shakes her head. Thanks, doctor, but no need to worry about any of that. At least, I don't think so. I popped that thing ages ago with my little vibrator. I'm caught off guard, and it must show because she laughs in between delivering sweet, sensuous kisses to my lips. So sweet and delicious, I almost forget what we're talking about. 
Are you surprised? I said I was a virgin, not a prude. I am a woman with needs, you know. She arches one flirtatious eyebrow at me. And then, the image of her touching herself, penetrating her own pussy. Make that my pussy. With a substandard battery-operated toy instead of my dick, both turns me on more than anything else in my life and makes me insanely jealous at the same time. Holy fucking shit. You don't have any idea how sexy you are, do you? She shakes her hand and smooths her palm down the front of her uniform shirt. Yeah, this uniform is super alluring, I know. I cup her chin with my hands, ignoring the sting caused by the pressure against the scrapes on the meat of my palm. Everything about you makes me want you. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. You could be wearing a giant hot dog costume, and still nothing would stand in my way of taking you to the nearest bed. She helps me unbutton her uniform shirt, and I have to stare for a moment at her partially exposed bra. A hot dog costume? Where did that come from? She giggles. Shaking my head, I tell her, I don't know. I'm amped up and not making any sense. My eyes connect with hers. But I do know this. You're even more perfect in person. And I love that you sent me that picture of you. That you trusted me enough with it. I've been thinking of them for the past two hours. May I finally touch them? Yes, of course, she whispers, reaching back and unhooking her bra, letting the cups pop loose and nearly exposing her breasts. I slip one strap off her shoulder and kiss the skin underneath, caressing the red spot where the strap imprinted on her tender skin. I do the same with the other strap, and we let the bra and her shirt fall away. Kissing my way across her face, back to the tender spot in front of her ear, down her neck, over her collarbone. My mouth and hands meet up at the crest of the two most beautiful mounds on earth. My Millie moans quietly as I smooth my hand over the nipples, one way and then the other, until they are fully pebbled under my touch and ready to be teased. She sucks in a breath as my tongue traces circles around the taut, rosy buds. My kisses deepen, and her breathing shallows. Lie on your back, and let me kiss you all over. All, all over? She asks, her voice breathy. I trace my fingers slowly from her nipples, down her stomach, until I reach the button of her uniform pants. Snapping the button open, I flatten my palm against her skin, and slide my hand down between the elastic of her panties and her skin. A soft moan escapes her. All over, I tell her. My lips graze the supple skin between her breasts. Her fingernails lightly scraping over the areas of my uninjured skin feels like a brush with heaven. The hand inside her panties slides lower and lower until my fingers find the warmth of her split. My fingers slide between her folds, warming in her juices. My cock grows another two inches, knowing how much honey she's made for me. Oh, baby, if you could only know what it means to have you so wet for me. My mouth lands somewhere below her navel, and I feel her body softly jerk. I murmur sweet and dirty words against the soft skin of her lower belly, 
punctuating my words with small, reassuring kisses. My girl, my good girl, with the sweet, juicy pussy. That pussy belongs to me, all for me, and nobody else. When her breath calms, she tugs off her pants for me. All for you, David. I growl and kiss my way lower and lower, reveling in the sounds of her voice and her breath catching. Millie's fingertips scrape across my scalp, sending tingles through me so intense I have to work to remain focused. After the first time I ever heard your voice, I bought my first vibrator. Almost every morning after work, before I go to sleep, the memory of your voice gives me an orgasm. I'm so floored I nearly fall right off the tiny little bed. To process what she's told me, I pause what I'm doing. But probably take a minute too long, because I can see on Millie's sweet, innocent face that she thinks I'm having second thoughts. No way can I allow her to think that. I come back up to face level and devour her mouth again, pulling her close to me and whispering in her ear. I'm just a man, and I'm real, and I'm not going anywhere if you'll let me stay with you. Her delicate fingers playing against my chest and abs nearly send me off a cliff of pleasure, and I have to grit my teeth and growl to hold myself together. David, I need you. Now. Her hand is dangerously close to my cock, and my cock is desperate for some touch. You want to touch it? See it? Go ahead and take it out. It's large for you, sweetheart. Her breath hitches, and she pulls it out. I help by tugging down my boxer briefs. My cock springs free with a heavy whap against my abdomen. Oh, she gasps, before her mouth spreads into a wide, wicked smile. I look down between us and see her fingers hovering over it. Wow. Touch it. Play with it. Slap it. Don't be scared. It's just a dick. It's so... red. And it keeps moving when I talk. Does it hurt? I laugh and kiss her with my tongue. It likes the sound of your voice. Nah, it doesn't hurt. It just really, really wants inside you now. Her hand grips my shaft and I suck in a huge breath. God, she's delicate and firm at the same time. All this time, her touch is exactly what I've been missing. My cock is so happy, I have to control my urge to thrust mightily into her two hands that circle it. Fuck, I groan. Damn it, I don't have a condom. Sorry, baby. I can honestly say I wasn't expecting tonight to go like this. It's okay. Stay still and let me pleasure you. She only moans out my name, but I don't hear the rest as I paint a wet trail of kisses down her chest, over her tummy, and finally land my mouth between her legs. Her hips arc upward abruptly, as if she was not expecting this move. My thumbs slowly spread open her folds, her gleaming pink wetness provokes me to praise any and all deities above or below, 
who may have taken part in creating this unbelievably sexy woman. I take her heat like I'm dying of thirst, her sweet slickness trembling and dripping with every kiss, every moan, every lick. I let her juices fill me, heal me, obliterating any memory of ever tasting another. Sweetheart, hold on to something. I'm gonna suck your clit into my mouth. I glance upward, and she throws her head back, her teeth biting down on one full rosy lip. Her fingers latch into the fake brass miniature headboard. I follow through on my promise, and gently suck her clit into my mouth with a deep, tonguing kiss. My sweet Millie's hips launch into me. She's crying out, wriggling and moaning in pleasure. My mouth fully lavishes her clit with the attention it deserves, bathing it with my tongue and sucking it into my mouth over and over again, with heavy, loud sucking noises. She tastes like heaven, and I can't get enough. Millie's hips rise up off the duvet again, and I take the opportunity to hold her with both arms and pull her hips as tight to me as I can. As far as I'm concerned, no reason exists why her body should not be fused into mine at any time of day or night. I don't need water, or food, or sunlight. I just need her. When I feel she's close to coming, I slip one finger inside her pussy, gently stretching. Her moans and pants increase. More, she breathes. Two fingers enter, stretching her out for my cock. My probing fingers and my mouth on her clit is finally too much. She shouts my name through a bone-rattling orgasm while her body clenches down on my fingers. I rise up and hold her tight against my body, steadying her while wave after wave hits her, spasming around my two fingers still deep inside her. I rumble against the soft skin of her neck. You want to know what you taste like? Yes, she half whispers. I slowly slip my fingers out of her and hold her face with that hand. Come here, I whisper, bringing her lips to mine and sharing her sweet, sticky juices with her. Millie sweetly moans through the kiss. Everything about this woman in my arms feels like the sweetest, most pure thing I've ever been privileged to hold, and I'm never letting her go. Even her greedy, little grabby hands now pulling me by the cock to encourage me to settle between her thighs, are pure. She's untouched, unrehearsed, unschooled, unbelievably sexy. I laugh into her shoulder, which sends another aftershock through her. I told you, I don't have a condom, so I'll have to pull out. Okay, baby? Oh, she says, undaunted. Here. To my surprise, she pulls a condom from the tiny pocketbook within the pocket of her discarded uniform pants. I'm dead curious why you're walking around with a condom in your pocket, I tease her. I have three single brothers. I borrow from them all the time. I figured if I wanted some D, I'd better be prepared to welcome that abundance into my life. You know, like in the secret. We laugh and together sheath my cock in protection. We're still laughing even as I slide my length into her, inch by inch, until she's ready for my fullness. All the way, baby. Please, she begs. 
The teasing and the laughter gradually subside with every gentle push. Our giggles and grins are soon replaced with what I can only describe as passion, wonder, and a sense of overwhelming joy. Once she's comfortable with my movements, I feel her legs wrap around me, her feet interlocking behind my back, spreading her wider for me. I can't get enough. I just can't get deep enough. I want more of you. I want to feel all of you. Millie reaches for me, and we share a kiss that makes my heart explode. The way we rock together, mussing all the overpriced blankets and pillows on this ridiculous display, compels brand new urges in me. My mouth has a tendency to get me in trouble, but now I just have to let it out. I've never said this to anybody before, but I love you. Her thighs squeeze my middle. Her eyes go round in shock. You what? You love me? I push into her with a slightly rougher thrust. I'll say it as many times as you want me to. I love you, Millie. And next time we do this, there's not going to be any condoms. Especially not one you stole from your brother's night table. You got that? I don't want to do radio anymore. I just want to do life with you. And I want to start as soon as possible. Tell me you can handle that. A tiny tear sparkles in the corner of her eye. She doesn't need to say anything. I know she's feeling the same thing I'm feeling. Our unearthly connection can't be denied. I love you too, she whispers, slamming her body in tighter to me, gripping me closer, taking me even deeper than I thought possible. Her nails scraping my shoulder blades, combined with her kisses on my neck, finally send me over the edge. I release a growl against her breast as I explode inside her, reveling in our joined bodies. We hold each other close until the surging subsides, and then keep holding on to each other, both of us overwhelmed and overjoyed by this new thing that has fallen over us both like a huge, soft, warm blanket. I spoil her face with small kisses all over. Baby, what are we going to do with this duvet? We messed it up pretty badly she says. I shrug. Take it home as a souvenir? She giggles. Might as well. Pretty sure I'm fired, anyway. I don't want to stop kissing her. But she's right. We should probably clean up after ourselves, before her bosses get here. And pay for whatever can't be salvaged. I smile playfully as I slowly slide my spent cock from her warmth. Now, if only I knew where to find a towel to get us both cleaned up. We can take that with us, too. Epilogue Millie The nice thing about my husband being a former radio celebrity is we can usually maintain relative anonymity while out in public. That is, until someone at a nearby table hears my husband speak, then all bets are off. Excuse me, I couldn't help overhearing your incredibly sexy voice from where I was sitting, and I just have to say I miss you on the radio so much. When are you coming back? Would you mind posing for a selfie? The random bombshell already has her camera poised and ready and is leaning her torso toward my husband in a way that can only be described as a blatantly rehearsed, not-so-innocent boob graze. 
When I first became swept up in this whirlwind romance eight months ago, I might have felt like I was on shaky ground at times. David and I stole our kisses, intimate moments, and private conversations in between calls from corporate media lawyers threatening to sue him over breach of contract. David's abrupt exit from the airwaves also caused him to be very much in demand for a short time by local media outlets seeking interviews and explanations. He's continued to be Dr. Dave in the eyes of everyone in town, but he's proven to me time and time again he was simply David Hart, M.D. My David. The ring on my finger and my ever-expanding pregnant belly serve as convenient outward signals to anyone still hoping for a shot at the city's former most eligible bachelor. At least, most people got the hint. Boob graze, however. That's very kind of you to say, but I actually do mind. As you can see, David says, breaking eye contact with our visitor to nod in my direction and give me a tender look that still makes my knees quiver under the table even at seven months pregnant. I'm having dinner with my wife. The stranger stands upright, looking shocked at having been rebuffed. She can't help herself from looking me up and down with a withering glance. I grin at her as I spin a huge ball of pasta onto my fork. He just doesn't have time for radio anymore. What with these pregnancy hormones demanding all the various forms of sexual congress multiple times a day, he is quite the soldier, bless him, I say. The woman narrows her eyes in revulsion as I stuff the contents of my fork into my mouth and roll my eyes back in my head in pure pleasure. It's not acting. I crave pasta and Alfredo sauce like the Dickens these days. When she finally gets the hint and stalks away in a snit, I notice David's papa bear crawling its way up out of its cave. He doesn't like the way some of his fans treat me. Everyone in town is still talking about the virgin who brought down Dr. Dave. David, as I call my husband, gets pretty riled up when the local news paints me as a pariah who destroyed the career of a beloved radio personality. As for me, I'm oddly satisfied with my notoriety. One gentle hand on his arm stays the angry beast, and David settles. Our eyes lock, and his breathing evens out. He's about to ask for to-go boxes for the rest of our dinner, as well as my dessert, so we can get the hell out of Dodge. But I stop him. David, it doesn't bother me what anyone says. I've been called quiet, unassuming, reclusive, and even boring. So if everyone wants to believe my pussy has the power to destroy, I find it amusing. Maybe even a little bit exhilarating. I add with a sassy shoulder shimmy. This protective streak isn't going to go away anytime soon, he says. Sorry, but it's going to get even worse when the baby arrives. And now, all I want to do is go home and eat that tiramisu off the town pariah's tits. I pout. But then what will I eat? I've got at least one real big cannoli for that mouth of yours. I gasp as warmth pools inside my body and threatens to drench my maternity undies. His commanding dirty talk always works for me. And lately, he only has to provide some mild innuendo for me to be good to go. You're going to make your seven months pregnant wife get on her knees, 
because I definitely won't be able to reach the big D from the passenger seat, I say with a pout, knowing that he does not mean for me to do either of those things. My increasingly aroused husband does his best not to exceed the speed limit to get me home. Soon enough, we're in our cozy, king-sized bed, a bed outfitted, of course, with the same bedding we ruined at the linen store display. We barely made it through the door when David sweeps me into his arms as if I haven't gained 35 pounds of baby weight since the first time he'd carried me to bed. And now, as I lie on my side, he expertly spoils me with a lower back massage that sends happy tingles rippling across every inch of my skin. When he moves on to working over the muscles in my ass, I bite back a moan. He notices this and leans in close to whisper in my ear, Let it out, baby. I love it when you free yourself. I'm so aroused that when his hand parts my thighs from behind to massage my wet folds, my entire body shudders as I moan and squirt my arousal. Fuck, baby, you're soaked. Only one thing to do with all this juice covering my hand. His wicked whispers in my ear, combined with the sound of his hand coating his cock with my sticky essence, nearly has me coming immediately. Something dark and hormonal, primal and bossy, rises up inside me. Panting, I order my husband to lie on his back. He groans softly. I know what you're thinking, baby. No way, you're not going first. Not in my bed. I always take care of you. I sigh. But hormones won't be satisfied. You're not going to deny your pregnant wife her little snack, are you? Besides, I need to remind you who that D belongs to. Baby, you're not jealous of that silly woman from the restaurant, are you? My no comes out a little too forcefully. He is not convinced. He chuckles while he nuzzles my ear. My husband has a way of making me reach my release just by doing that. But I know what he's up to, and suddenly my inner dom is not having it. Through gritted teeth, I get real bossy. Assume the position, David. I'm gonna show you what's mine. David growls roughly into my neck, spreading goose flesh everywhere. Fuck, baby, not fair. He finally rests his back against the headrest, his legs spread out to cradle me as I nestle myself between his thighs. Still lying on my most comfortable side, I rest my head against his pelvic bone so I'm eye level with his huge, throbbing, glistening cock. I gently tilt his shaft toward my mouth, then slip the tip of him between my lips, licking off the pearly bead of precum. You taste yourself on me, Millie. You taste that gorgeous pussy on my skin. I moan and take him in deeper into my mouth, my body flooding with pleasure at making him feel owned by me. His words inside a fire so hot, and combined with our flavors mixed together, I barely need any stimulation at all to come. A year ago, I never would have thought I'd eagerly take a man's cock in my mouth, let alone be this bold about it or about sex in general. A year ago, I was an unsatisfied virgin looking anywhere for advice. 
but David gave me something far better than advice, or even better than sex. Everything about this man speaks to everything in me, and not just his radio voice. It's his real voice, his mind, his soul, whispering directly into mine, and mine into his. This has been Dr. Dave, Longtime Listener, First Time Caller, by Abby Knox, read for you by Lauren Sweet and Matthew Maddox. And we're back. Hi. Okay, guys. Um, so because you enjoyed the shit out of that, I'm sure, you now need to get more Abby Knox in your life. So grab Fencing Her In and Doing Him Good. Those are companion novels. And grab Queen Bee, which is out today. That is Mean Girl Meets Nerd, which I said uh, before is like a trope I definitely need more of in my life. So, uh, yeah, that's the Greenbridge Academy series. You can go check out. She's got Grumpy Dad. She's got so many good books. Uh, Swim Coach, Headmistress, Benefactor. Yeah, she's got a um, super tropey and uh, hot. Well, and it's the first week in December, too. So if you want to get in on some Christmas books, she has a couple. I know she's posted them to her Instagram recently talking about her um, new Christmas books. And she's got a couple that she's going to have out this year for Christmas, too. I know she's working on one right now. That's about its reporters and they get like snowed in overnight in a newsroom. And I think I told her, I was like, you should name this like hot off the press. And she was like, oh my God, I love that. So I don't know if she will or not, but, but that's, that's one of her books. She said she's working on for December. Awesome. She's also giving away a $50 Target gift card. So make sure you head to readmeromance.com. Uh, Mel probably put up the new releases post. Do you do that on Fridays, right? Thursday. Thursday. So um, make sure you're following us on Instagram uh, at readmeromance because if you go to our bio, like our Instagram bio and click the link there, it'll take you to the new release posts and all kinds of goodies. So I think that's it. We'll be back next week. Oh shit. Who do we have next week? <laughs> I don't know. Should I didn't look. look. <laughs> okay. uh, let's see. Next week. We have Ella Fox and Rochelle Page. Ooh, yeah. I'm so excited. That's exciting. If you guys want to get it. A- a jump start on them. They have this book is going to be a part of their Under the Light series. There's two books out already, Gage and Vaughn. They both have audiobooks as well, and they're in Kindle Unlimited. Fantastic. Okay, uh, Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.